This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zella. And we are live after the New York Islanders defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2-3 on a big game by Big Brock Nelson and advance the second round of the playoffs. But before I do that, let's say hello to my good buddy, John Zella. What's going on, pal? Having a heck of a day over here. Heck of that a day. That game. Um, so I turned it on. Who knew that game was at 6.30? How, not did, I not, how did I not know that? So I, did not I turned, I get, you know, I look up. I'm setting up my new desk and get my room all situa- situated and um, go to make dinner. I'm like, oh, I have like 10 minutes to make dinner. Great. I turned the game on. It's seven minutes left in the first period. Yep. What the hell is that? So I text you and Joe, and I'm like, "Did anyone know this?" And no one, no <laughs> one knew. Well, maybe Joe because he's a real professional. <laughs> um, but you and I didn't know. Speaks volumes. It'd be yeah. embarrassing if we had a podcast. <laughs> and yeah, so other than that, it was really good. And I turned it on. I was really disappointed. I think I looked away for a second. Like my mom called. I looked away, and it was three two Islanders. I'm like, "What? What is happening?" So I'm like looking at the replays and. It was, it was a like bedlam uh, first period for me. You asked me, you were like, uh, is Semyon Varlamov starting? Because it, the Islanders oh, are down. <laughs> all right. So you want to know why, you want to know why I said that? Because Brendan Burke said, and this is again, seven minutes left in the first or eight minutes right, left right, in the first. Right. And he says, first big stop by Sorokin. So I'm like, wait, wait, Don, they're down two to one. How is this the first big stop for him? Yeah. Was, first shot of the what game. What the hell happened? So I'm like, did Varlamov start the game? Like, how did this, which would have made sense, right? 10 minutes into the game, two, nothing. Maybe, you know, two of three shots go in. Yeah. Sure. You know, maybe, maybe Sorokin goes in. It would have been super weird for him to start the game. And I would have had a lot of questions, but having not been on Twitter much of this week, I've only known what was happening, like going into the game, like 20 minutes before, probably like everybody else. But I haven't speculated or, you know, whatever it is that we pretend like we know what we're doing. <laughs> so I had no idea what was happening. Uh, yeah. Yes. So Sorokin starts the game. And listen, Penguins got the first shot of the game and it winds up going in. And at that point, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that everybody was worried because honestly, when they, when they scored, I was like, all right, listen, it was a good play, right? Carter gets a good pass. Uh, in the slot scores five hole on Sorokin but I don't know for the longest time with this team uh, I've never been scared of playing from behind and they proved it yet again right they quickly answered the answer to the to the first goal by Carter and boom Bovillier scores backhand glove side on Jerry. that was a that was a an Eberle goal an Eberle that was an very Eberle like Eberle s goal for sure yeah, like absolutely. tight tight backhand shot um yeah. really up high like over the shoulder not even like the glove like over the shoulder yeah I, I thought that was pretty uh pretty amazing and he's known to do that he did that you know he's he's had these kind of one-on-one goals a bunch of times and as butchie pointed out during the game he beat Sidney crosby on that play yeah absolutely like, and that's it- that's nothing um that's nothing to sneeze at yeah, and it was a quick answer too. It was only about three minutes later, so it was good to see that you know, although the uh, the goal came pretty quick, the Islanders were quick to answer. So, and that happened a couple of times. You know, Gensel gets the next goal at uh, you know f- about four minutes after the second goal, but they answer right back. And another minute later, Kyle Palmieri, which you know, I tweeted this out too. Kyle Palmieri scores a goal um, on a JG Peugeot wrister from the blue line, and uh, you know, I'm not sure if maybe Jari didn't see it, um, but you know, he he made the stop. It created a rebound. And when was the last time you saw a goal like Palmieri scored today uh, that somebody was on the doorstep waiting for the rebound? It does not like that bang bang play, right? Certainly, I I don't know the last time that I saw that from the Islanders. And it's a it's a very like typical hockey play like that happens quite often. And you know, stick on the ice, drive the net, get position. That that's that's pretty standard stuff there. That, that's how you would draw it up. But it's not often that you see from the Islanders. So I, I like that the two of them are going. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Zajac had a good game. He was energetic. Um, yes. Um, so we're going to put up this this comment from uh, from Michael. Travis Zajac absolutely played to save the game. That, w- that was amazing. His stick kind of getting in there. Um, 
there's they're supporting each other that was this this kind of whole game and um this game and that four nothing victory were the two best games of the all the playoffs easily Absolutely. um in in the other in the other two wins they didn't look particularly good there's nothing that right. you could really even if you know like we talked about uh, what is today wednesday we talked about on monday night they didn't look particularly good yeah when when even when they won those games which was worrisome so it's good that they, they were supporting one another. Zajac comes in, doesn't really miss a beat. He was he was heavy on the puck. He was tenacious. He was winning puck battles. I, I think it was really good to see that, and it should give that line some confidence too. They they right. continued to play well in this game alongside Zajac. They didn't seem like I said they didn't seem to miss a beat there. So I, I was really really happy to see that. On top of Palmieri getting. His third goal of the series. Yeah, back on the score sheet. Um, you know, Dean brings up an interesting point here. I'm just gonna throw this comment up, and you know, he says, "Man, people are taking away from the Isles winning and slowly getting better over the series." Everyone's simply saying Jari is the reason the Isles won. Kind of driving me nuts. Um, you know, here's I have some. I that. have thoughts on this too, and I think we might be saying the same thing. Yeah, here's the thing on that, right? The Islanders at at many times didn't show up. Now, when they did, they really did, and you saw that tonight, right? They they were, you know, they they played from behind three separate times in this game, so they really showed up when they had to. Um, and and this was one of the one of the better games. I don't want to say the best game because the best game was probably game four when they won four one. Um, but this was definitely at least the second best game where they they battled back, they battled hard, and, and it was just a really good game. Did they have some you know flaws in this game? Yeah, obviously you know the Penguins scored a couple goals, but um, yeah, but it, uh, the other team scoring doesn't mean like a four not you can play a really bad game and win four nothing. Yeah, or or ra- rather you can you can play a better game winning five three right than winning three nothing. You know now, like I, those two games are that's not I don't. I know it's, it sounds like a really silly argument, but I, I think I've definitely seen them play better games, giving up goals. Mm-hmm. People are going to score goals. You're not going to you're not going to have shutouts every right. single game. Now, I will say one constant that remained throughout most of the series was how good the uh, defensive pair of Pelican and Pulak were up against the Crosby line. That tandem, the defensive tandem of Pelican and Pulak, were outstanding the whole series. They limited Crosby to two points. In, in in a six game series, that's pretty unheard of uh, when it comes. Well, to considering he lit them up this season, right? Exactly. He had nine games. points, nine points in eight games, um, and a career one hundred and twenty two points in seventy five games. Don't ask me why. I know that. Um, I, I think it's. I wrote an article on for hockey writers on. You wrote it the other day, but then I had written. He's number four all time against the Islanders. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like no, Mark he's Recky, like, Gretzky, he has Lemieux, the most Yager, or Yager, rather. Yeah, he has the most points against the Islanders of any team uh, in his career. So, yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's he's definitely a known Islander killer. And the fact that Pelican Pulak really stuck it to him this series and made sure that he stayed off the score sheet as much as possible was huge. So, that was one constant the, def- the defense and, and the structure in their own end. It remained the same for the most part. Um, it made they made it incredibly difficult for the Penguins to score. Um, the forecheck was really good it in was, this game. In this in this game, yes, the, in this well, game was really good. And but before moving too far away from Dean's comment, I want to I want to add because you didn't say what I was going to say. Oh, what are you going to say? I the Islanders played good in in two. I, they won four games, right? So they had to have played good and good enough, right? Uh, or well enough, rather. However, I I don't know that they they simply just won the series. So saying that Jari really lost it for the Penguins, a part of me thinks the Penguins lost this series just as much as the Islanders won. They, okay. They they obviously like they they beat the Islanders six times this year. That's that's no that's no small feat. Right. Um, I'll probably get roasted for that this take i just <laughs> they just didn't play well like it was very obvious and even um scott w said it tonight you know isles were horrible on puck battles tonight um we'll pull it up here you know horrible on puck battles tonight still pulled it off Peng- penguins played really fast and Islanders were up to the challenge you know i think withstanding things to a certain degree is fine right like we saw that uh, against the penguins and, and the flyers uh, i'm sorry the capitals and the flyers last postseason 
where they took those moments where they were able to withstand against Tampa. That was pretty much the whole thing, right? Yeah. The the Islanders, it, they didn't just simply win the series. I think Peng, the Penguins also lost it just as much. They, you know, they gave up the you know opportunities and they didn't play well. Jari was not good at all. So I, I think no, it's not just that Jari played poorly. The Islanders pulled it off when they needed to. But that stuff doesn't help. Yeah, they, you know, they definitely had some flaws in their system, um, and, and hopefully they can be rid of that come the second round. Now, there is going to be a little bit of time before the second round starts as other uh, series have to still finish their games. Um, I know there are some some series going on right now, um, but uh, it's, it's true, and Andre says it best here. Uh, it's incredible. The Bailey Nelson Bavillier line will drive you nuts with uh, inconsistent play during the season. But when the playoffs start, they take off and they were outstanding. I don't think I've uh, written anything more, more often in articles <laughs> than this team is inconsistent. Yeah. I don't think there's nothing that I've in, in two plus years writing with the hockey writers and my almost 10 years writing about the Islanders. I don't yeah. know that I've ever said anything more. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, and, and you're, you're both right, Andre and, and you, John, you're both right because, you know, we'll see Nelson score in bunches. We'll see Bavillier score in bunches. We'll see Bailey score, score in bunches. Um, and, and then we'll see them on milk cartons because they've been gone for, you know, six, seven games and, and you can't find them. But, but it, is the issue that at the same time that they dry up, the rest of the team dries up? Like, it seems like when they're going, everybody's going. And when they're not possible. going... Even ever like even like un, seemingly unrelated lines, but like tonight, that third line gets going and the second line gets going. Yeah, first line, you know, they they weren't a liability necessarily. I think they were on the ice for a goal against. But I I I think there's, it's weird how that works. Like how they're really kind of stirring the drink. Yeah, well, everyone, on, on, everyone as far as the offense tonight. is concerned, right? Everyone, yeah, everyone was buzzing tonight, but it was definitely led. By that second line, eight points combined, and they had that at only. Uh, I think there was there was twenty eight minutes left in the game, and they had already totaled a, a combined eight points. So uh, Nelson had two goals. Uh, Bavilia had a goal, a uh, pair of assists for for uh, for Bailey, and, and I and I don't math, so I don't know if that adds up. So <laughs> I don't know if the that was all eight points for them. But that's not um, always my favorite stat, you know. Like I I don't know that I want to hear about a line that got so many points. They all played well. Well, tonight, tonight it 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 did. It does tell the story, right? Tonight they they played so well that they they had a, a combined eight total points. No, I get um, the stat. I'm just saying I don't know that I like put stock in the whole line getting the points. It's oh yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. I just just tell me who got what, right? Um, but you know, let's talk about Ilya Sorokin because he made the big saves when he had to. Um. Yeah, we we all thought he made that initial save that that ended up actually being that Travis Ajak play of the game we we said earlier. But regardless, um, you know he still he still kept the, the Islanders in the game. Um, he made the the saves that he was supposed to make, um, and I I don't really have any issues with the goals he allowed. Right? I mean, they were all pretty standard, good goals by the Penguins. I mean, I think they're just as much you know the team in front of him breaking down a little bit, just as much as maybe he would have liked to have maybe one of them back. Yeah, but. Two three goals a game isn't isn't crazy, especially if the Islanders can find a way to score three plus. I you know thinking, you know I, I wrote the uh, series preview, which so we're going to talk about the Bruins in a little bit, um, and that and that's that second round series. Um, what I you know the offense for the Islanders, as we said, is really inconsistent, kind of led by that second line, and at the same time, the Islanders have now scored three goals or more in the last three games. Right. So that that says something. I mean, if if the if, if they were ever if the offense was ever going to start ramping up and being able to score goals, this is a great time, you know, against a Boston Bruins team that can really put the puck behind you in your own net. This is a really good time. So I was happy to kind of see that and all the, you know, kind of the right guys stepping up. I would have loved to see Barzell and Eberle get on the board tonight, but I think they did okay. They, they did the thing. Yeah, so they, they played a pretty good game. And let's talk about Mr. Matthew Barzell turns 24 years old today. Happy birthday. Um, but no goals and three assists through uh, six games in this series. He was pretty much a non-factor. Um, 
Now, granted, he did have a pretty good game tonight. You know, he he had a lot of looks. He had a lot of. This chances. was his best game. For, this was as far as. Uh, he's still frustrating to watch. Like even if he has a good play, immediately after that, he tries to go across the blue line and go east west, and he loses the puck. He's trying to just do too much. Um, you know, instead of shoot for a rebound and let everybody drive the net like Palmieri did on, on Pajot's shot, he's trying to make the fancy pass to get everybody that inside track on that, that backhand shot we were talking about earlier. Right. So it's it's frustrating to watch him. And even, you know, it's so funny because I knew we were going to talk about Barzell and, you know, that he had a better game. But all I remember is the frustrating shit. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating because, you know, it, Moving forward, right? They're going to go play the Bruins, and that's going to be a, definitely a tougher test, right? You're not going to have a Tristan Jari in net. You're going to have a Tuka Rask or a Yaro Halak. We're going to be more consistent. And in order to advance to the next round and, and take a couple of games from the Bruins, um, you're going to have to have your best player be your best player. Now, maybe that line isn't their best line right now. Maybe, you know, Bar- uh, Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey can, you know, drive the offense. But you still need something from Barzell, who's your best player. You at least need to match either the perfection line or what Hall is now bringing to the table. You have to at least be, you have to bring, you know, your star players kind of have to net out. Then you need your secondary scorers to kind of be the ones to play better than your other the other team's secondary scorers and, and really take it. You know, you can you can see games being like 2-2 going to the third period every single game. Yeah. And then it's it's just a matter of your second your secondary scorers kind of coming in there and and you know playing defense not being a liability but then on the other end of the ice you got to score you know sometimes one of the team's superstars are are going to score more than the other teams uh, so it's but that usually they're both up to the task like that's why they're their team's best players yeah. you know just just the same and I think I wrote this going into this you know into tonight's game for the hockey writers that. You know, the same way, and maybe we talked about this on Monday as well. Crosby didn't, you know, what he had two points in the series? Two points. Barzell had three. Okay. That was a net zero for them, right? It was right. it was a Jeff Carter, it was a Brock Nelson. Right. It was it wasn't those it wasn't Malkin, you know, and it wasn't Everly. So those those star players were getting shut down. The other teams shut down players were doing a good job against the stars on both teams. It all came down to the secondary scoring. Yeah, and that was ultimately what, you know, who was or wasn't a liability, and who was able to put the puck in the net, and that's what it came down to. It's gonna that that spotlight is gonna be even more on that in this Boston series because the Bruins just have that depth now. Um, Craig Smith is three points in five games. Hall has three points in five games. Even uh, Charlie McAvoy has five points so far. Yeah, McAvoy's playing real well. And Craig and, Smith, before you before you uh, move on from Craig Smith, he's an Islander killer. Yeah, this season he he was all over them. So not even just this season, a career Islander killer. Yeah, career. So and I mean, and we just like that seems to be a lot of players. <laughs> even even in the modern era, even the last three years, there are just some <laughs> players that just have the Islanders number. They just yeah. managed to. The Islanders just seem, you know, we forget about it because the Islanders are winning games. It's, it's Sidney Crosby, Craig Smith, and any player who's having their first game of the year or, oh or first game of their career. <laughs> God, it's it's something else. So, yeah. you know, I, the the Bruins' top two lines are going to be a lot for the Islanders to handle. It's, you're you're going to see a lot of Peugeot out there, you know, against those guys, and so Palmieri might not be. The offense. So Brock Nelson and that line really do need to continue that. I, yeah. I see the Bruins giving Barzell on that line a heck of a time. You know, so it's it's really going to come down to which of the teams, as I said, which of the teams' secondary scorers can be sh- be the shut be both the shutdown in the defensive zone and the neutral zone yeah. as the Islanders like to do, and you know regroup and go the other way and 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 put the puck in the net. I know that seems really simple. I, it's obviously more yeah. complicated than that, but it's that I that I think that's the key to the Islanders winning that series. Like they have to be able to find that secondary scoring. Yeah. Now something something that I I, I kind of want to make a comparison here. Um, we're talking about secondary scoring, and and the play of the game for me was that tic toe tic tac toe uh, play between Nelson Bailey and Bavillier, uh, in which Bailey uh, Bavillier dropped the puck to Bailey, and Bailey. 
made that excellent feed over to Nelson for the tapping goal. Snapped it over. Snapped it around. Now, that was that was a fantastic sequence. And then I look at the end of the game, and the Islanders get a four-minute power play. And the barn was rocking. The fans were going crazy. And there wasn't much push from the Penguins at that point. Kind of felt like they threw in the towel. However, they still didn't score a power play goal on that four-minute power play, um, something that they continue to kind of not do. They, I know they had the one uh, power play goal a couple of games ago by Bavillier, um, which was great, but that power play is not getting – it's not getting going at all. Yeah, and, is and that is that power play at the end of that game with with the situation that they're in? Like the Penguins are going to be more aggressive. Um, the Islanders know they pretty much just like don't have to give a goal up at this point, right? It's not the same sense of urgency. Like I guess it would have been nice, even in the empty net. Oh my goodness, that one back and forth play that Bivillier tried to give back to Nelson, <laughs> he hit the side of the net. Yeah, geez, I mean, just something. But I I don't know that I'm worried about that four minute power play. The power play is a problem. To me, that that four minute one, sure. Well, my well, so my point was, you know, because now we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Bruins, um, and, and that power play is gonna be something that the Islanders have to get going. And, and when I compare it to the play that Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey uh, put together, where they snap the puck around, you know, where's that mentality on the power play when they're up a man? Right? They're not a rush. They're not a rush off the rush power play team. That's the difference between those those plays. That's a five on five, off the rush, driving the net, giving you know um, weak side player driving the net, Bavillier dropping it and providing a screen and getting it you know just creating traffic and havoc in front, and then Bailey just having good vision like that. Uh, off the rush is very different than on the power play. Yeah. Um, now, if that doesn't mean that you know it's a lot harder to score, and I maybe you know this, and I you know. You, you watch a lot of hockey and maybe for other people that don't um, and then are just like kind of eye on their fans. The, and maybe, maybe you didn't play, you know, notice how the defense is very different on the opposing team, even with four players, especially now. And, and with the way that the Islanders try to enter the zone with speed, the other team's defense is pretty much four across or at least, you know, two and two on the, on their blue line. Right. It's almost impossible to get past that off the rush on the power play. So unless they kind of just go up the ice and catch catch the other team in the neutral zone and really, really push the pace, which the Islanders do not do on the power play, that is not their strategy, um, you, you're just not going to be able to see that. Now, to your point with the creativeness, they they need to do that. They need to move their right. feet a lot more. Um, they need to use that vision that you obviously have guys in, you know, maybe if, if Wallstrom comes back, which is possible with a nice little break here. Um, Bailey obviously has that. Barzell has that. That's just for whatever reason. That's just not their strategy. They're, they they do too much standing around. So I agree with you there. It's very different plays. Yeah. But I agree that it's it it they need to take that mentality at the very least and start moving around. That's how things get broken down. That's how you break down the other team's defense is is creating that movement getting them to miss coverage and finding the open guy. Again, that's a very simple breakdown of kind of that's hockey, right? Yeah. Move the puck around until there's an opening and a breakdown and, and shoot it. Right. You know. So uh, before we move on to the Bruins, we're getting a couple updates from uh, head coach Barry Trotz. He said that Dal Cole actually tweaked something the other day uh, and he was not an option to go tonight. Uh, and, and we had known going into the game that if it wasn't going to be Wallstrom, it was going to be Zajac. Uh, but there's an update on Dal Cole. Uh, and then he followed that up with, listen, if it wasn't for the fans, I don't know if we would have uh, gotten this done tonight. Let's just talk about the Coliseum uh, real quick because this was special. 9,000 fans uh, get to go into the Coliseum uh, for, you know, a, a pivotal game, a, a real pivotal game. And and Trot said to himself, I don't know if we could have done it without, you know, without them. Uh, the sixth man he's calling them, you know, I guess kind of an ode to the Seattle Seahawks 12th man or maybe the NBA's own sixth man, but the Islanders have their sixth man uh, in the in the fans back in the stands, and the atmosphere was electric tonight. Yeah, even I was thinking during the game, like I, maybe it was, I thought, I couldn't tell if I thought it was really loud because it was the Coliseum 
yeah. for because I'm not used to hearing fans. Right. You know, That's and it's, true been, too. it's been a huge kind of uptick in, in the amount of fans, like in a very short period of time, who's been able to attend the game. So I couldn't tell if it was just really loud. You know, I definitely got memories of hearing the Coliseum on TV and, and, and being there. So it's like I totally forgot, but it's it was just weird to hear that, like not on a YouTube video from a, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they definitely got energy from that. You hope that, you know, they played better on the road um, in this series. If there's anything to take away from that is that they wound up finding a way to win games on the road in this series. Which after, is a big deal. After super not playing well. Yeah. During the regular season on the road. So not only did they they kind of vanquish the Penguins in six games, winning winning four of them to kind of erase what had happened during the regular season. And let's not forget the Penguins won the won the division. So let's not take anything away from, you know, they still found a way to win hockey games. Yep, absolutely. Um so and I and I believe Boston is Boston no, Boston's a third seed on the yeah, third fourth seed. seed. Yeah. Um, that was close. Had they win a couple more games, they had a home ice advantage going in to that second round. You know, then they don't play the Penguins in the first round. So I guess it's kind of maybe it's moot, but be that as it may. Um the Islanders have, you know, another team to vanquish after they dropped the last two against Boston, which is probably closer to the team that we're going to be facing in that second round. Yeah. They're they're healthy. Brass is going to be back. Hall is now in the lineup. Um, he had did he, he had 14 points in 16 games to end the season? It's ridiculous. After yeah. 19 and 37 with with the Sabres. Yeah. He was on he was on an absolute tear and he, and he kicked it off against the Islanders. So it was a little embarrassing for them. So they need to become they need to come in as they always do for whatever either that's just in their own head or because of the media or whatever the case is they come in as an, as the underdog and and they really need to push the pace they need to play their game they need to set the tempo and they they need to find a way to just control the 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 Bruins and do more than just absorb, bend and not break you, you can't you can't do that in a whole series in the playoffs. You can do that for periods of time. That's it's fine. so it's so interesting to me though that you say they come in as the underdog, right? Because here's how I see it, and this is this is what I picture. You know, the three seed and the four seed eliminate both the one seed and the two seed. So that's that's interesting for the start. But also going into this series, the Islanders have the Boston Bruins number this season, and I, I know it's completely different now. You know, you got to the, the I, playoffs, I, those, and you wipe the slate clean. But, those first five games, I almost ignore that. It's in uh, you, you have you're right. You I have mean, the to. whole regular Only- season you can do that, right? Obviously, you, they, they beat the penguin. The Peng- penguins beat them six times, and they right. they won four. They won the four important ones, right? As, as a Herb and Brooks quote point, there somewhere. Point proven, right? You have to ignore that, and and, and I agree with you. Uh, it's just the whole. Point. It's just the whole Not underdog like that. thing. It wasn't the, the Bruins, underdog. The Bruins the- beat them real, like solidly beat them, like. And this is the same team that we're going to see now. That, and that's what worries me. They beat them very differently than the Penguins beat the Islanders. Right. Just like as, as we were talking about earlier, this season against the Penguins, the Islanders lost those games. The Penguins didn't always win them. Those games, like those last few games against the Bruins, the Bruins won those games. Right. No, and, of and, course. You know, and that's the, that, I think, is the difference going into this where the Islanders really need to be paying closer attention. Yeah, no, definitely. It's just that word underdog is real interesting to me because going into this, no matter what seed you were, I don't know if there was a true underdog coming out of the East Division. The difference between first and fourth was six points. So every everything, it, you know, the whole year was so tight. The whole yeah, race you can so make tight. arguments. There's so many different arguments to make for it. So it's just the word underdog to me is real interesting. But I mean, but, just looking at these two teams. And knowing what we know about both of them, I, the Islanders are I, maybe underdog is a little too <laughs> too much to to kind of put on them. But they're definitely not the favorite. Maybe that's what I mean to say. They are certainly not the favorite, okay. as with the Penguins, right? And I heard this on plenty of other podcasts. The Islanders aren't the favorite, but that doesn't mean I don't think they can win, and I will not be surprised if they do. Right, I think that would be the same thing here, and maybe they'd even be more surprised if the Islanders won. Yeah, so maybe it's closer to underdog, but they're certainly not the favorites. And yeah. it's hard. Look, they won the series. We're going to be happy about it. I'm an on the fan. I'm wearing this goofy hat. 
I got my hoodie on. <laughs> I'm a homer, right? Like you just, I'm not here to just kind of talk <laughs> shit about this team and, and pretend like I don't want them to win. But, you know, the, the position we're in with the show and our writing and different things like that, you try our best to take a step back from all of that. Literally take your fan hat off. I, I have to admit the Bruins are the better team here. So that, that's that's what, you know, the Islanders have some friggin' work to do. They they, yeah. they have a lot. to th- This Penguin series doesn't necessarily prove anything yet. It's a well, big right deal. Before- Three second round... Um, appearances in a row the first time since the late 80s hang your hat on that sure that is that is something fans really should enjoy this is not something that you know growing up we never thought as 90s kids we ever thought we would see no i totally agree i i definitely agree and before we talk about the the boston bruins last thing i want to mention uh it's a good point by uh barker here he says i think as islander fans uh, we should appreciate that beating the Penguins was a big accomplishment. Um, but further, we should also recognize that the deadline was better than it appeared to be in the regular season. And I agree with more at that second part. Than Barker, than I do time. agree with that second part. Um, this is why I said, you know, throughout the the entirety of that, I think it was a 14-15 game stretch after we acquired Paul Mary, after we acquired Travis Zajac, that Plenty of people tweeting at me, what's going on, Palmieri? Why did we get him? Piece of garbage, worthless, yada, yada, yada. Well, three big goals in this series. Um, Travis Zajac fills in for Oliver Walsh from today, has a heck of a game, uh, possibly saves the game because who who knows what direction that game would have went in if he uh, had not been 100%, 100%. there to uh, you know bail out Ilya Sorokin on that Kasperi Kapanen drive. Um, the experience can't be replaced from both Palmieri and Zajac. They were both on, on the, uh, the devils when they were, uh, going through playoff runs, probably more Zajac than Palmieri. I don't remember exactly when he came over from the ducks, but, um, you know, played, again, played in Syracuse for a second. Yeah. So it's just been, it's been a, a good run for Palmieri so far, uh, a great showing from Travis Zajac, but let's talk about the Bruins. Uh, and Scott says, now come the Bruins, better offense, better defense, better goaltending than the Penguins. If the Isles want to win, they'll have to be, uh, it'll have to be Sorokin stealing the show and the Isles playing pesky. And that's pretty much what they've been doing thus far. Um, they definitely have to be pesky. Sorokin definitely has to make a couple of saves he's not supposed to. Um, I don't but one big factor. Rely on that. Right. One big factor that they're going to have to rely on is consistency. Consistency has not been there this entire series. If they play how they did tonight, if they play how they did in game four, sure, this could this will be a good series. But if they play how they did in game five, you can kiss this series goodbye. I'd be surprised if they win one. Yeah, it, it definitely needs to be a better series for the Islanders. They they if they lose games, they can't do it like they did against the Bruins in the last few games of the season or how they did against the Penguins in this series. They, they need to find a way to do it um, and, and lose those games a little more dignified. You know, like, and we've said that for a long time. When the Islanders lose games, it is spectacularly bad. Yeah. Um, and then when they win games, we're like, they should not have won that game. Right. Game five, great example of that. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to judge where the team can go and, and what's going to be most important. Obviously, goaltending out, but, as as we said earlier, it's it's going to be that secondary scoring. I think somebody mentioned in the comments that um, Palmieri is going to, you know, could be an X factor in this next series. He's going to have to be. You know, I I don't think the Bruins are. They're not. I mean, they're a pretty deep team, but the Islanders definitely have some some deeper scoring or at least scoring potential. That it doesn't always show up, which is half the problem. But that that's going to be the. They have to show up. They just have to outplay their the the um the Bruins middle and bottom six. So the Bruins to me, they're they're a one and two thirds line team, right? I, I think that the you know the perfection line is what it is. You, you know that they're they're very good. Um, and then you have David Krejci and Taylor Hall on that second line, and whoever fills in on that right wing. I, I don't necessarily uh, know what that right wing looks like. I think it changes game to game. They got Nick Ritchie. They got Jake DeBrusque. Um, but the majority of the scoring for them comes on 
the power play. So, you know, discipline. And the Islanders are, have been pretty good on the kill. Yeah, as as absolutely. hectic as their kill looks, but avoid avoid it at all costs. Oh, you, they need you to, need to play this game at five on five for most of this series. Yeah, I mean that's that was the Islanders' strength for a long time this season. Um, it kind of trailed off a little bit as you know towards the end. They they really really struggled with that on top of the power play being yeah. you know not very good. So. I'm de- I'm definitely more worried about this series than I was with the Penguins. I wasn't super confident in this Penguins series, so they definitely proved me wrong there. But this Bruins series, it's going to be a lot for them to handle. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Um, but you know, like I've said, I said this during the season, um, and and I'll say it again. You know, I know they beat up on the Capitals. They won four games to one, uh, swept them four games after they lost the first. But um, you know, yeah, I, I'm, did they? They did. They they didn't they lose game four and then one game five. This mm, is about last last season. No, 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 I'm talking about the the current playoffs. The 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 Bruins. Oh, the Bruins. The oh, sorry, I thought you meant yeah. the Islanders against the. No, no, no. The, 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 the Bruins year. just beat up on the Capitals, and they they won four straight after dropping the first game. That's right. Um, and and look, I I'm not as nervous about the Bruins as I used to be. They're not the big bad Bruins they were. Um, you know, even just last year, in, you, in my you opinion, have a, you have a short memory, man. Those last three games against them were not listen, pretty. Listen, they weren't, but the Islanders weren't playing well, and I don't know. Well, and if, that's what I mean. Like the Islanders, by and large, haven't been playing well in the playoffs either. It's been so you're, you're not like, and that's enough for the you know the Bruins are not the Penguins. They're much well, more well oiled machine than. No, than I that. agree. I agree, but they had the next couple of days off to regroup, heal up a little bit, uh, get a couple practices in and, and, you know, we'll see what, what Bruins team comes out of, uh, I'm sorry, what Islander team comes out against the Bruins, but I'm not, I'm not as worried as uh, about the Bruins as I was last year. Yes. I know they got Taylor Hall and it's working out well for them, but I I just don't think they're as deep as the Islanders. If the first line and, and Taylor Hall are cold, then nobody's scoring for them without, Zdeno Chara and Tori Krug, the offense is one not doing as well as it used to be, and two, the defense in in their own end isn't as scary as it used to be. The defense now, part, I agree with. The goaltending is the same, and now they have two really strong lines. So it's it shifted from that off that defense being a force in all three zones to the Islanders really needing to make sure that they're they're taking care of business with the first two lines. So it's yeah. it may be a wash. And again, judging by the last few games the Islanders played against them, there's it's an uphill battle. There, there's not a whole lot to be confident about. I think I can agree with you that they're not the same, right? But they're still they're not the big bad Bruins. They're the the Schmedium bad Bruins, and the Islanders are playing <laughs> pretty small so far. You love so, that. You love I that Schmedium comment. <laughs> I I do love Schmedium and shenaniganery. Those are those are two two good ones but you know even so if if the if even if the Bruins shrunk a little bit the islanders went from medium to small right it's it's still not a great matchup that's i mean there's there was to your point earlier there wasn't going to be a good one yeah all these teams were good you weren't you weren't picking anybody you wanted to play against out of the east so there just wasn't a good matchup i mean the islanders won so maybe this was a good matchup but But well, no, like they, they won. There was just no there was no good there was no good series, but they won, so it's fine. Right. Like right. they figured it out. So now, you know, as far as X factors go, uh, you know, in, in the comments somebody had said that uh Palmer was the X Factor. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think Palmer is the X Factor against the Boston Bruins? I think uh, and I said this earlier, he needs to be. He needs to be that secondary scoring. Again, the you know the Barzells and the Everleys are you know they might they might score a goal, that line might score a goal or two, you know every few games, and so will Pasternak and and Marchand, you know so that's going to be a wash. It's mm-hmm. really going to come down to that secondary scoring, and he's you know three goals in in six games is pretty good considering the regular season that he had with the Islanders after the trade deadline. So I think he can be 
an X factor. I think that line between Pajot and Palmieri can be really, really important, not just in the defensive zone and not being a liability, but really putting the pressure on, especially if that Nelson line cools down a little bit. You're going to need that line, you know, so hopefully they all stay kind of firing on all cylinders. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I tend to agree with you there, um, but I, I feel like I want to lean a little bit more JG Peugeot. He had a great series against the Penguins. Um, however, he wasn't on the score sheet as much as he usually is in the playoffs. So I think that we could see a little bit more from him on the offensive standpoint from JG Peugeot. Um, and what's interesting to me is I feel like when we talk about X factors, not often do I see people uh, refer to the the team's blue line, right? And you know, we know that Pelic and Pulak are going to continue to do what they do. They're going to try and at their best at shutting down the opponent's top lines. Um, but maybe the X factor here could also be Scott Mayfield. Great series for him so far. Couple of flubs here and there. And his D partner, Nick Letty, for some reason, swapped roles with him from the regular season and is now having a, a pretty rough go at it in the postseason. But Scott Mayfield has been really good. Uh, for the Islanders this this year, uh, I'm sorry, this postseason, and and I I feel like you know if it's not Peugeot, I think Mayfield is a, is another good choice at an X factor uh, if he can continue this uh, consistent good play. I'll pick another defender that can also really chip in. Pulak's got two goals. Yeah, I I think you know that after after shooting like two percent. Yeah, in, after, in after the, usually you know he scores ten goals a season like clockwork, thirty five points and ten goals a season. Yeah, you, know, you, you set your watch to it, but he came into this series and you really needed to step up. And I, you know, I think the these guys really rally around one another. So I think it's important when a guy like that scores a goal, they really come together, and it's it's important. It's energizing. So I think him scoring that goal is, you know, both two goals in this series is uh, is a big deal. So I, I'll, I'll pick another defender. That can be an X factor, you know, maybe particularly on the power play. I'd love to see him score power play goals. Yeah, absolutely. That goal he scored tonight, rocket from the from the blue line, and all he has to do is hit that net, right? Something that he didn't do too often he, in the regular season. I mean, he ever. He just yeah. doesn't he's never done that. And he still managed to score ten goals a season. But he, he never does that. And it's not even like it's their strategic shots and their they're just getting blocked. Like they're flat out missing the net. There's no rebound. There's no bounce off the boards. There's no trying for a tip. It's he's trying to just put it through the net and he misses all the time. So it's it's definitely something he has to he has to figure out. Uh Dean says the fourth line last year was huge uh versus the Philadelphia Flyers. They need to heat up. Two, like uh, as Mar- Matt Martin had eight goals last season uh, or last postseason, and uh, that's true. That, that that Martin statistic is not something I would expect <laughs> ever again. I think he, I think I, he I think five. Also, yeah, I, was saying, I think he had five goals, but, but still, that's a lot for him in the in the oh, postseason. Yeah. And he did have a, a very strong postseason. Um, but I, I don't know that the fourth line is the same as they were last. Uh, last postseason, I think that they're, you know, they're they're doing a, a, a good job this this uh, postseason. They're you know taking the body, uh, rel- relentless on the four check. I just don't know if you're going to get that offense out of them. You know, Cases Ezekis is a former twenty goal scorer, but I don't know if you're going to get that from him again. Cal Clutterbuck can snipe. Uh, Matt Martin for some reason always figures out a way to put the puck in the net. But Clutterbuck had two goals in this series. Yeah, he, he two he goals. In, it was in one game, it's so one tough game. to say like in the series, right? But but the fourth I, I line isn't know. isn't anything close to resembling what they used to be, even right. last season. So, right. which is a different discussion for after the playoffs, but a different style. I don't think they're capable of it. I really, th- other than Sezikis, I really think that Clutterbuck and Martin are just a lot of hard miles. Which is yeah. concerning for Martin's contract, but again, that's that's an off-season discussion, um, and we won't rush that anytime soon. Uh, we'll delay that as long as we have to. So, and he's yeah, different different discussion, but yeah, they they need to find a way to be effective, and I think they were in the last two games. I think they found a way to be effective. I don't like some of the penalties um, that that they took, so I, I I hope they can clean some of that up and and be the be agitators without 
making the you know possibly putting the team in the box and and on the kill yeah i i think they're you know again like i said they're they're just out there matching up against the other team's top lines you know if it wasn't the third line out there against Sidney crosby and co it was uh it was cases zegas's line so uh, their roles a little bit different this offseason, uh, this postseason. I, I think that has a little bit to do with you know who's scoring right now, and that's the second and the third line, and maybe making up a little bit for the first line because you know they're they're pretty much a non-factor, so you can't really match them up with uh, Sidney Crosby and and company. Or now it's going to be the David Pasternak and company. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Um, but going into this uh, series against Boston. Um, is there a question whose net it is? Absolutely not. You can't go to Verlamov at this point. Unless Sorokin falters, no way. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. I don't think there's any, I mean, other than Wallstrom coming back and being healthy, depending on when that is, if Zajac's playing well, just just like last season where, you know, or with, with Hickey a couple of seasons ago where he was injured and just lost his spot, if Zajac's playing well, and the Islanders are winning games. It's Ajax spot now. You know, I I don't know. I don't know how you get you know unless something you know they can win games and Ajax not playing particularly well. They put Wallstrom back in. I'm sure it's no harm, no foul. But if Ajax doing a lot of things right, I, th- I think he has a harder decision to make. And I wouldn't be surprised if he just stayed in. Yeah, uh, you know, with the Wallstrom comment, I, I think he'll be back for the next game. You know, I think if it was anything long-term, we would have known by now. Um, but, you know, nothing definitive that, that you know, was going to keep him out for the remainder of the postseason. So, well, like, like I said, I, is Ajax played really well. So do you, he, mess, he do you mess with the chemistry? Like when, when he's in, in Trot's last postseason, there were people in and out of the lineup. It wasn't like it was just kind of one or two, Depending on the type of game in the series, yeah. it was it was fairly consistent changes, even if it was small tweaks. But he, he managed to press the right buttons, as we were saying through that run last last summer. Um, so I wonder if it's strategic in, in trying to figure some stuff out. Where well, is it? You know, who can you know what what does the Bruins lineup look like? Um, how is that third line working together? Maybe talks to the players. Trying, you know, obviously general manager and you know, and Lou and and the rest of the, the coaching staff. So I wonder if there's an opportunity for Zajac to stay in there just because he did play well without Wallstrom in the lineup. I don't know how different this is from the Varlamov and Sorokin situation because Wallstrom was playing real well as well right before he got hurt, right before he went down, um, and and. You know, yes, Zajac played real well tonight, but I think as soon as Wallstrom's available again, Trotz wants him back in the lineup. All right, I, I, I can also believe that. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Zajac stays in. I agree with you that I would prefer Wallstrom to be in there, but Zajac played well and he seems to stick with his guys, but we'll see what happens. So Peter brings up a, a, a good point that Zajac may be a better fit for a grittier Bruins team. Uh, pens were a bit soft. Um, and I, I don't disagree with you there. Zajac might be a good, uh, uh, you know, defender against the Bruins. Um, however, don't forget, Wallstrom did a, a good job himself of getting in the dirty areas, uh, digging pucks out of corners, putting the body on people. So I don't think uh, that Oliver Wallstrom is much of a pushover himself. He he does pretty well in his own zone. He can he can hold his own end. Yeah, I think he he definitely did that. He was he was. Playing uh, a little bit of a heavier game in in this playoffs, and it's his first playoffs, so he has something to prove. It's a, it's a different game this time of year. It's going to be a little bit more physical, and he was up to the task. Yeah. So, like I said, I'd rather him be that person, but you know, wait until you see. I wouldn't just kind of like put Wallstrom back in the lineup just because he's healthy. That might not be what Trot's line of thinking is. Yeah, and and I like that he has that kind of um, grittiness to his game. Where post whistle, he's not afraid to step up to somebody uh, and and get under their skin a little bit. So um, you know, Zajac, listen, when it comes to you know his resume and, and what he's been through, listen, I'll take him every day in my lineup. Um, you know, as as a thirteenth guy, right? I need a replacement, Travis Zajac. Yeah, sign me up. But uh, over Oliver Wallstrom. Not 
not favorable for me just because you get the firepower and the grit with Wallstrom. Um, they're going to need that shot at some point in this series. I bet we do see it come uh, into play uh, in a big way against the Bruins somehow or, or at some point uh, in the in the playoffs. But um, I don't know, pal. I think that's about it for me. What about you? Uh, I, I think I think we covered a lot coming down from you know again this the third straight sec you know second round appearance for the Islanders something we didn't expect to see maybe in our lifetime or not anytime soon or whatever defeatist thing we were going to tell ourselves to try to get by. Um, I'm good. I, I'm excited. We get to keep watching our Islanders hockey. It's very weird this time of year when it starts getting you know staying light out very late. Yeah. Um, but. Give me more on this hockey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we go, we want to give you a word from our sponsor. Uh, this episode is brought to you by DraftKings. It's playoff time. The big stakes are even bigger, and the promotions are even bigger than that. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at all these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. So, to sum up, uh, the Islanders beat the Penguins five to three. Take the series four to two. Advances second round against the Boston Bruins. Uh, the Islanders will likely have another uh, couple of days before they get back to uh, back into a game. Um, they might have a day off tomorrow. Uh, get back to practice on what's today, Wednesday, Friday. Um, you know, keep up with us on Twitter. Uh, follow us at uh, John Zella at James Nichols NYI and at the um, Nassman Hockey uh, Twitter page at Nassman Hockey. Um, but until then, guys, we want to thank you, our listeners, the Hockey Podcast Network, and the Hockey Writers. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. And like I said, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nassman Hockey and find our work at the Hockey Writers. Until next time, everybody, let's go, Islanders.